how many businesses do you have? I feel like it's like a ton. A lot. I mean, I do everything from, um, you know, I actually have an ammo business too that I just actually am shipping the machine because ammo right now is hot. I'm in cannabis. I'm in medical liens. I do insurance, uh, real estate. You know, the supplement thing is kind of my big thing. The clothing brands, you know, involved heavily with trifecta now with the food. I get trifecta uh, deliveries and I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm game. And I never have yeah, been before. Yeah. And fortunately, thank goodness, like the supplement sales are still very strong for me right now. It's something that you're getting a lot of now. It's like, you know, because, you know, four time Mr. Olympia. So if people have been asking you for your suggestions on what they should do and how they should kind of pivot. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I just had someone hit me this morning um, in Instagram and they're like, hey, what'd you do for your back workout? Because I've been posting up like, hey, I'm taking a pre-workout. Um, you know, I'm doing stuff in my garage. I have a pull-up bar. I have some barbells and dumbbells. But uh, I, have a, I have a club, actually. It's called Cutler Club. And it's a membership club. And people there, um, I spit out programs for people that include the diet protocols also. So I'm kind of just... I'm using what I have and people know kind of what I have in my garage and I'm a huge cardio nut at this point in my career. Like I do cardio twice a day. I start my day with fasted cardio and I tell people that the biggest, the biggest advantage you have to what is going on right now is to stay on track with your diet. You need to eat smaller portionate meals. Don't snack because that's what people are doing, especially people are working from home. So for me, um, I'm trying to show Number one, exercises week to week um, through Instagram and obviously my club, um, which will allow people to stay active. But, but I, I think getting up in the morning and doing some sort of exercise is what I've stressed since day one of my career. And I think that's important for a lot of people. Just kickstart your day and kickstart your metabolism. You've been in Vegas a long time. How weird is it to see everything kind of shuttered? It's, it's really strange. To be honest, remember I moved here in 2002. Uh, I came to compete in the Olympia in '99, my first year. Uh, you know, when I came to see the lights and all that craziness and the activity that was going on, it was it was amazing. And to see that totally sidelined, everyone out of jobs, everything shut down right now. Yeah, I mean, the strip is just is pretty much closed, and now people aren't traveling. A week ago, people were still walking the strip. A lot of competitors that, that, that retire and move away, they either move away from the sport or they kind of vanish. You've managed to just be, still become so relevant and stay relevant and stay involved and still be this fan favorite, which is, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure that that wasn't by accident because I feel like nothing you do is by accident. You know what, Zach? I don't know if I planned it. I just love what I do. And when you're passionate about it, I mean, I, I started following weight training at, at the age of 12. And Joe Weider was a huge mentor to me. Like he had the passion. So for me, it was, it was just to see his passion. It kind of, it kind of bled off into me uh, where I, I knew that this would be a lifelong career. And even when I retired, I still wanted to be active. So I promote four fitness shows, which two right now are postponed. I had two in April actually that got postponed. So that's another thing that I do. Can um, I ask you something I, about that though, real quick? What does that, I mean, that means all the prep, all the stuff that you had put in, and I'm sure that takes months, just stops. I mean, do you lose it? Do you get to pick it back up? For us, this is the issue is I have a Cutler Classic that was scheduled for 
um, April 2020, uh, it was April 11th, okay? It's been postponed to May 30th. The problem is, is I had a lot of people cancel out of the show, but there's so many people that are still hanging on. So I'm kind of tossed between, okay, do I totally push the show till the, the summertime and then all that prep that they did goes down the toilet or do I fall, oh, well, the people can't prep because they can't train at the gym and they, they can't find a reason to work out. Some people need the gym. Other people find certain ways to do it, whether they're training on a trainer or they're going out. I see a lot of people working out in the, in the parks. Listen, you can still stand on stage. You're going to be your best of all time. Who knows? But the truth is, is it's going to be the best of who was able to get to the show and, and perform. And that's why I encourage people to stay on track. You know, the prizes are also going to be the same. Uh, we know the attendance probably will be down somewhat. But it's, if it's your passion, you don't care. I never did anything I ever like did in bodybuilding uh, for the money. To be honest, I was a broke bodybuilder when I started. Uh, all I cared about was having enough chicken breast and enough gas to drive to the gym every day. Uh, I never imagined it would ever go to the levels that it did and I was able to make a living. When I started making a living through my Joe Weider contract, I was like, man, this is crazy. I remember Joe saying to me, I want to pay you to work out. That's what he actually said, those words to me. And I remember thinking as a 22-year-old kid, like, my goodness, like, this is the, the like the godfather of bodybuilding is going to pay me to work out every day. Like what kind of, at 22, you have like, that's your, your dream, right? I was going to school yeah. for criminal justice. I wanted to be a cop, but here I was getting offered double the money to be able to stay home and work out. So I was influenced even more to continue to pursue my career. Do you think that this, uh, this pandemic and, and not knowing when this will kind of alleviate, do you think it's going to have a lasting impact on the industry? Uh, I don't know the outcome. I mean, I wish I had the answers. I don't. I know some people affected personally. I found just one this morning, uh, unfortunately, that, uh, you know, I was one of the ones in the beginning to think, okay, how serious is this thing? Questioning, okay, is it real? Mm -hmm. uh, you hear all the conspiracy theories. Uh, but the truth is, is now I, I've realized that people are affected that somewhat are close to me. Um, and it's a real thing. When it affects a person close to you, then you realize, okay, this is real. It feels like it's gone on a lot longer than it has, um, but it still probably has a lot more to go. And, you know, it's not a, a vacation for the people that aren't sick. I mean, I'm trying to do the same. I'm, I'm training harder than I have been. I'm trying to reach as many people as I can and, and get their insights, not just on um, how to use time wisely, but also, you know, how to, how to come out of this a stronger person, be it mentally or physically. My routine is exactly the same. I get up in the morning, I'm working out, I eat the breakfast, I do all my calls, I'm focusing on business. I don't know how long we've been, like certain places have been locked down a little uh, less or more. Uh, but I think about 12 days here, uh, in Las Vegas that things have really slowed down tremendously. And I think it's still the early stages. Like I mentioned, we're talking end of May and June, that place is planned plan to open uh, back for business. And, and how limited is that going to be? That's the big question mark. Are they going to limit yeah. these places? Um, I did want to ask you about, uh, I did want to pivot real quick about, about all the businesses that you're in. And I mean, Trifecta specifically, I know Trifecta has come on strong. And I know you're involved in a, in a lot of different businesses. How do you choose which ones you get into? Number one, relationships is everything. And you know I've been in this business a long time. I've developed a lot of great relationships. Uh, some of those relationships obviously expired. 
Um, but I've met a lot of great people and I have certain things in my, in my arsenal that were important to what I did. Right. You know, as far as like the, the gun stuff, like, um, you know, that kind of fell on my lap through, um, a friend of mine who got into more of the legal cannabis, um, here in Las Vegas. And that was kind of more of an opportunity. I don't know a whole lot about, you know, the ammo business, but I saw it as one of those things. Uh, so I thought that would be kind of a unique business to get into. And obviously that's, you know, led to that and, you know, and, and, you know, the rest is around my fitness. I mean, the food, the supplement, you know, the clothing brands and, you know, all the other ventures that I, that I worked on. Um, it, it was all part of my regimen. Like I work out every day, you know, I, I, my diet was crucial. Uh, my food preparation is, is amongst the best of who I competed with. Everyone knows that followed me knows how strict I was about eating the portion of meals and what kind of foods I ate. In fact, in 2006, when I won the Mr. Olympia, I went to more of an organic diet. And that's the advantage with, with trifecta now with having organic and now meal delivery. I never imagined 10 years ago that food delivery would be so important to people because we didn't have that opportunity. I can't imagine when I was competing, if I had the opportunity to have pre-cooked food actually delivered and prepped. I would cook a meal, I would wash my dishes, do whatever I needed to do for an hour, and then I was back cooking again the next meal. It was, it was seven times a day. I had such large portions, it would take me almost an hour to eat some of my foods. I was eating almost a pound of meat some meals. Today's society is, is, has less time or wants to commit less time to the preparation. They just want to get the job done be able to focus on other things. And that's the advantage of it. But when you come into an epidemic like this and you can't find food at the grocery store, how else are you going to get it? Right. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the business has really um, come into play as, as kind of a savior for a lot of people. You've managed it. You were huge when you were on stage, just like any uh, open bodybuilder. They're, they're really big, but not everybody gets to um, come down to size and, you know, uh, and I mean this in the, in the greatest, in the, in the nicest way possible, look as good as, as you do. Like, you know what I mean? They, they don't carry it as well as you do. Why is that? I mean, I started with a great physique when I started training. People look back and they say, well, you were skinny or whatever. Yeah, of course I look skinny compared to what I, what I like transformed into. But the first year of training, I put on like 40 pounds in the first six months. And I started at 200. I was 240. That's about what I weigh now. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously maturity sets in and muscle mass and it's really hard to lose that muscle but the consistency of what I do and I, I call my life kind of like a groundhog day effect because I do the same thing every day every day and I eat the same meal but I still eat very clean and I eat consistent besides the days I'm at the expos or I'm traveling I don't necessarily pack my meals all the time with me but the diet is 80% of what, what you do. And that people are surprised when I tell them, they said, Jay, what is, what's a quick way or what's the secret or what's, there is no shortcuts. There are no secrets. It's the consistency of what you do that drives you to become great in the physique wise. You need to be able to be consistent with what you do. Do you miss, um, do you miss carrying around that much weight? I can't imagine you do. I don't. I miss the lights and I miss the excitement. I miss the fan applause. Uh, I sit and watch the Olympia this past year in the front row. 
and I watch these guys on stage and I, I don't envy the process because I know how it's not just the training that that was the easy part. It's the dieting and really trying to fine tune the physique to land on that stage and hope that you're at your best comparable to whoever's standing next to you, right? There's just a lot that goes into fine tuning to be your absolute best on the stage. We all look great in the magazines. I mean, after you're, you know, hydrate a little bit and you're shooting pictures or if you're doing it three weeks prior, um, it's, uh, it's different. But now with social media, social media doesn't lie, right? Right. So you see what's there in real life on a day-to-day basis. And we've seen so many people look great prior to the contest. But I don't miss the weight. Uh, I don't miss the eating portion of it because that was a lot of food. Man, so you basically could have had an apartment that was a bedroom and a kitchen and just been fine. I could have had one pan, one pot, one plate, one fork. I mean, it was just the rotation all day long. Is it tough now because, you know, when when you retired from the stage, um, you know, you're asked opinions about other competitors. And if you give an opinion that somebody doesn't like, how quick are they calling you up or texting you or hitting you up over? So do you, how do you deal with it? You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty neutral with that sense. I mean, there's some guys that are off, obviously great. Uh, you know, I feel pretty solid because I kind of predicted Phil Heath's success way before it ever happened. Uh, so I was one of the, the guys that really, you know, was positive about him and I knew he'd be dangerous. Did I ever think he'd come up and beat me? Absolutely not. Uh, but you know, you look at like today's Mr. Mr. Olympia, Brandon Curry, I know there's a lot of criticism that he wasn't his best, but he was the best of what was there. Right. Right. You know, Bonick was second who just won the Arnold classic. He's an amazing bodybuilder, but you know, he has structural flaws that some other guys are better, but I did too. And I always tend to say, well, this guy could have this, but I always revert back to, I wasn't the most genetically gifted bodybuilder either. I had a wide waist, you know, I had to offset my shoulder, make my shoulders bigger. Um, you know, my conditioning suffered sometimes. I didn't come in spot on at the show. So I'm always quick to analyze guys, but I'm quick to say, well, there's a lot of variables and I make, I make reason or rhyme of what I talk about. And I do know what I'm talking about. I mean, I did it for such a long time. I was, I was, a, I was a student of it. Um, I would consider myself having a professional eye. Do I judge competitions? Absolutely not. Half the time I think someone should win, it usually goes to another person. Um, because I favor certain physiques, but I'm not one to sit there in favor because I was a mass monster in my era. Right. Just like Nasser al-Sabadi, Dorian Yates, Ronnie Coleman, whatever it is. Uh, I, I still look at the guys like a Dexter Jackson and a Bonick and Sean Ray and think those guys were phenomenal bodybuilders. Um, I don't knock them whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, that's not something that your name gets tossed around with a lot of trash talking. I mean, it seems like you've managed to kind of stay, you know, Take the high road. And that's just as you were saying before, like you miss the lights and the fan applause, but you still get that. I mean, you walk around the Olympia and people are clamoring to still, you know, get a picture with you, talk to you. And I know it's probably different, but it's still, you've managed to maintain this, this level of celebrity within the industry that not everybody still can, can hang on to. Even Mr. Olympia, past Mr. Olympia winners. The thing is, is I'm real. Like the thing, if you follow my media, you know, I wake up in the morning and my hair is all over the place, okay? And I get on Instagram and I say, hey, guys, you know, hey, my hair's a mess, but I don't care. Right. Uh, and this is real, right? I walk around with my shirt off and people always ask me, Jay, do you ever wear a shirt at your house? I mean, I, I wouldn't be in a shirt. If I wasn't doing this interview, I probably wouldn't be in a shirt right now. <laughs> so I just have a certain, certain thing about me where I don't really care. And I think that's really what's made me 
successful because people can relate. Like it's real. That's refreshing. That and that's also relatable because you know a lot of people use social media as the highlight reel of their life where everything's perfect. And to to see people that have gained um, you know this uh, popularity and, and show that you know it's okay that your hair is not done all the time. It, it attracts me to certain people and it also allows me to feel like at least I, I understand where they're coming from and become bigger fans of them. We're doing a little quarantine um, playlist. What would two songs be on your list? I'm a, I'm a hip hop guy, man. Okay. I listen to hip hop a lot. So I'm still old school. I'm Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, like the chronic or, um, you know, doggy style like with Snoop Dogg, you know, yeah. that was like when I, I used to blare that thing. I had a home gym in 96, 97 when I was training. I built this crazy home gym. It was like 2,000 square feet. It was out in the back of my house. And I brought in all the best stuff. I had flex. I had I carry, and I had hammer strength. This is when hammer strength first came out. And I had, the, I had dumbbells up to 160. And I used to crank up. I had the best sound system in that thing. And I would shake the whole neighborhood like the Snoop Dogg. And I would train with my shirt off in there. And uh, that was that was with some of the best memories. That kind of music pumps me up and brings me back to those moments that mean so much to me. And that's before the huge success. If you asked me, when what is the best memories of your career? It wasn't when I was winning the Mr. Olympia. It was the the climb to the top, and all you know, landing the Olympia for the first time, landing my first muscle and fitness cover at 22. You know, winning the amateur show, the Tournament of Champions in 95 was like one of my best breakthrough victories ever. Um, meeting Joe Weider was a huge, like, bucket list thing for me because I only had seen him and Arnold. I looked at him and Arnold on the same level. That's how crazy that meeting was, going to Joe Weider's house. And, like, it, it's just amazing, like, looking back. And I, I look in this room of, like, awards here that I have in the Sandow sit behind me. Yeah, no, I, see I never imagined as a kid – like, man, I'm ever going to own a Sandow. You don't think those things. Coming from Massachusetts, town of 6,000 people I grew up in. None of my brothers and sisters lifted weights. My parents thought it was crazy when I started. And here I am. Massachusetts too cold for you? No, it's just, it wasn't productive back then. My whole family's still there. I go back. I promote two events there every year um, for, you know, with carrying the Cutler name. And I'm back visiting my family. My dad turns 91 in May and my mom, it just turned 79. Oh, wow. That's and I have three brothers, three sisters. I'm the youngest of seven kids. How, uh, how competitive is it between you guys still? Or is it like, okay, Jay has uh, 247 jobs and we have one. So, uh... No, you know, my brothers have a successful concrete business. That's how I started with my base. I mentioned that I had a good structure when I started. Mm -hmm. I started hauling concrete forms at 11. And I stopped when I was 18. I went to college for criminal justice. So I stopped working the family business. And then I started working like security and golf course. And I was a cook at one point. But uh, they, they were really abusive towards me, my brothers. Like they used to beat me up a lot. Like they would mess with me. Because I was 10, you know, 12 years younger than them. Yeah. So they would huffing me up a lot. And uh, my sisters kind of raised me because my dad worked a lot. Um, and my parents unfortunately separated when I was about four. So it was just a different, um, it was a different upbringing than a lot of my brothers and sisters because they were consecutive ages. They're all a year apart. So for me, I was kind of the baby, but I was, I was, you know, toughened up quite a bit as a kid. And, and I was taught, you know, work ethic early. My dad always said, you know, you can't enjoy life. You need to work. And that kind of like bled into my bodybuilding mentality. 
And that's what I think made me great. As, although I, I mentioned I hated my family when I was, you know, in my teenage years because everyone was out doing fun things and I was working after school on the weekend, school vacations, but I didn't realize how much that set me up for my, my values later in the work ethic for bodybuilding. I always tell people, like, you just, if you're in your heart and you, it's your passion and you truly believe in it, you can do it, but you also have to have things you fall, fell back on. Like I was getting involved in all other aspects of business alongside, because in case the bodybuilding thing didn't work out, and trust me, I never thought I was going to be really great in bodybuilding uh, until I landed second to Ronnie Coleman for the first time. I knew I could make a living at it because I was getting paid and I was, you know, in the magazines and I had a, a, developed some sort of a fan base. But I, I never realized that I could win the Mr. Olympia until I stood next to Coleman in 2001. And it was very, um, it was a very judgmental call. I had points towards me and he had points towards him. He came out the favor. But for me, uh, I realized that I could be great. And that's when I really put forth uh, what I wanted to pursue as far as the top of the bodybuilding uh, ladder. But I still did the business ventures on the side. There was a lot of people that I respected that I listened to that gave me a great opportunity to set myself up to where I'm at now. Cool. And I guess the, the last thing I, I would like to ask is, is maybe your advice for people that um, are competitors now that are feeling stuck because of this, you know, um, the situation that, that we're in, you know, not everybody is able to, especially if you put all that time into prep and all the time into training and, and then you have to just kind of stop that. They, they may feel a little lost and I feel like you're, if you have any words of, of advice, like what they could do, I feel like they would maybe appreciate that from you. You can't expect to do a hundred percent of what you were doing prior to everything coming to a halt. Right. But if you can just take 80% of that and, and still, I mean, it all starts with structure and following positivity. I mentioned that surrounding yourself with positivity. I think there's a little more time, but use that time wisely and use the positivity others that are going to give you that opportunity. But be smart. I mean, we don't know how long this is going to be. We, we, we don't have a deadline. So set goals every week. And I always use Monday as a reset day. Don't procrastinate with what you're trying to achieve. Do it as much of the ability that you have to do it with, with the circumstance. It's not going to be 100, but do a, a percentage of that and stay on track to what your ultimate goal is and don't let this sideline you. Oh, that's uh, that makes sense. Uh, I'm going to take that advice too. Where can we find you? Like, is there specific things to that? That's YouTube. Um, what's your Instagram? Yeah, YouTube, Jay Cutler TV at, at Jay Cutler is my Instagram. Those are the main ones. You're going to see everything bounce off that, but yeah, no, I think that look, I've been uh, a fan of your YouTube channel and, uh, you know, what you've been, the videos you've been creating for a while. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, anybody who doesn't know about them already uh, will hopefully see this and realize that there's a ton of really good stuff on there. And you've been, you know, cranking as a, another job, you're a content creator now, you know, you've been really doing a good job of getting that stuff out consistently. Yeah. And we're featuring new people on the channel too, which is really cool. I mean, yeah. we're giving giving the platform, we gave it to Sergio Oliva leading up to the show, and I think that helped him a lot. Uh, but we have Juan Morel we're featuring this week. He's in New York. Um, we featured, uh, featured Guy Sister Nino, but a lot of new up-and-coming talent, so we're always looking for new people to feature on the channel. And it's not just necessarily me talking and walking all the time. 
And, and that's, uh, well, that's something that I, I'll, I'll close with because I did want to know this. It's like, as you're having to create this content, does it get exhausting to where you're like, oh, shit. like, you know what, maybe we got to recruit other people because it's just another job. People want to know how I train. And some people are, aren't super enthused about how I train because they're like, man, I'm used to you pushing, you know, 160 pound dumbbells. And now you're pushing, you know, 80 pound dumbbells. But as you get older, you've got to be a little smarter too. And like I mentioned, I don't have any physique goals as far as getting bigger. Or, uh, but I do pay attention. Like I mentioned, the diet is everything to me. I do find it funny when, um, you know, uh, the, the bodybuilding fans turn, not turn on somebody, but get disappointed that you're, you've, you've evolved your training like to, to fit your lifestyle now. Like you did what you had to do to become a champion. And then it does if it doesn't make sense you adapt or you pivot yeah you know, you know what's funny is like we we looked at schwarzenegger became a movie star right and he became you know a politician or whatever but it's funny because arnold never really put out the content on how he was training to look like he did for um you know like terminator or uh commando right it wasn't any real i mean maybe back in the muscle and fitness or you know flex magazines they had a short thing on it but nowadays you can see hour to hour, minute to minute, what we do. And that, that is sometimes not enough for people. But you have, you have to find hobbies that excite you. And eventually the weight training becomes not the only hobby that excites you anymore. Like I don't, I still get excited to go to the gym, but a lot of days I'll be honest, like I'm like, you know what, I don't feel like weight training today. I'm going to do two cardio sessions and I'm going to go out, you know, we're going to go bowling or we're going to do something that's, you know, I'm going to swim in my backyard and do laps in my pool, whatever. And I think that's like good enough. I don't have to look in the mirror and say, okay, well, I have X amount of inches on my arms or this amount of body fat on my lower abs anymore. I'm not being judged like that. And that's kind of a relief, to be honest. The amount of time you had to put into the gym and the amount of scrutiny you had to put into everything that you were doing, every angle that you turned it seems exhausting. The amount of discipline it takes to get there, that's what separates the pros from everybody else. Yeah, and I tell everyone, they used to look at someone like a Mr. Olympia routine, whether it was me or Doreen or Ronnie or whoever, right, Lee Haney. Uh, I say, if you can take a small percent of that and filter that into some sort of a routine, that's a positive thing. No one ever said, okay, I'm going to follow Jay Cutler's diet in his training routine when they're 150 pounds, right? There's a lot of variables to what we do, whether it be the diet, the training, the sleep patterns, you know, the workout routines, the cardiovascular, um, okay, how do you alternate zigzag diets with, you know, card rotation. I think that's the biggest confusion now is like, how do I stay lean and build muscle at the same time without, you know, and consistently do that and still be motivated to go to the gym and do that? Yeah. Especially during times like this, like what's going to get the person off the couch to do exercising in their own house. It's easy to leave your house and say, I'm going to go to the gym today, but now we can't even do that. So what's going to get them off the couch to use their, their bands or their, their uh, cardio equipment or their dumbbells that are sitting in another room. You know, you need to, you pick yourself up by watching videos, whether it's flipping through Instagram. And I think some of these home exercises people are doing are just bananas, you know? They are. I can't imagine it because I never did it. But man, it seems crazy difficult. Um, and I can imagine once you get there and then once you're off of it looking back, it's like, all right, I did it. And uh, now I'm going to go bowl. <laughs> or like I'm going to go swim. Yeah, it, 
you know, in the East Coast mentality, I don't know if it's like that for you, but, you know, when you start hitting May, right, you get through April showers and you get into May and the weather starts breaking and people are outside, they're in the park more and whatever else. And that's when people are like, okay, what is going to keep me motivated to go to the gym that I went to the gym and was dedicated all winter because there was nothing to do outside. Yeah. And the sun's, you know, it's coming out, it's 80 degrees now in May. And you're like, maybe I'll go do this today instead of going to the gym. And that's where, that's the big turn. And that's coming out of this thing when this happens. I hope that people can stay on track to realize that fitness is important in anyone's routine at any level. Um, that's the main thing that people have to follow to stay on that plan and don't fall off and just don't go haywire once uh once the quarantine starts to to dissipate some cool well jay i really appreciate your time man thank you so much um you know for for hanging out with me and uh killing some time uh i haven't left in a week and a half and i don't think i'm leaving for another week and a half at least uh i might just go in the backyard but uh i just really i'm just appreciative of, of your insights and of, of your time and uh you know i just want to thank you yeah, anytime, man. Anytime you get some topics you want to talk or whatever, I'm I'm happy to do that. And hope uh, I hope people can use this as a positive and uh, stay stay focused on what you're trying to do. That's all. All right, I w- and I will take you up on that because uh, I appreciate it. I will definitely hit you up again at some point. Okay, appreciate. Thanks it. a lot, man. Have a great one.